When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I bet that's the first time you've heard that. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365. Today in 2004, the World War II Memorial was dedicated in Washington, D.C. The dedication celebration was four days long. There was a World War II-themed reunion exhibition on the National Mall run by the Smithsonian's Institution's Center for Folklife and Cultural Heritage. There was a giving thanks ceremony at the Washington National Cathedral. Military performing units staged an entertainment salute to veterans. The goal of the memorial was to honor all who served in the armed forces during World War II, as well as the nation's contribution to the war effort. The memorial was dedicated almost 59 years after the end of World War II, and the memorial's planning began about 11 years before it was completed. On May 25, 1993, the proposal was authorized by Congress and then signed into law by President Bill Clinton, who commenced years' worth of fundraising. The proposal was written a couple years earlier, in 1987, by Representative Marcy Kaptur of Ohio. The American Battle Monuments Commission was tasked with the planning and building of the memorial. That's an independent federal agency that goes all the way back to 1923. President Clinton appointed an additional 12-member committee, the Memorial Advisory Board, to help advise the American Battle Monuments Commission in their selection of location and design. They were also tasked with securing donations for the construction. Soon after, the committees narrowed the possible location sites to be in the midst of the Capitol's monumental core area. Not many things are approved to be built in the Capitol's monumental core area, but the impact on the nation of World War II and the sacrifices of its veterans were deemed to be vital enough to American history to fit the bill. In 1995, the American Battle Monuments Commission and the Memorial Advisory Board began a series of meetings to work on the planning of the monument. Representatives also attended from the Commission of Fine Arts, the National Capital Planning Commission, the National Capital Memorial Commission, the National Park Service, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. The committees had seven potential sites that they visited. They included the Capitol Reflecting Pool area, the Tidal Basin, West Potomac Park, the Constitution Gardens, the Washington Monument Grounds, the Freedom Plaza, and Henderson Hall off the Arlington National Cemetery. In March of that year, the Constitution Gardens was selected as the first choice spot for the memorial while the Capitol Reflecting Pool site was selected as a second choice. In May, public hearings were held about both locations. But in July, the Commission of Fine Arts announced that they thought the Constitution Gardens weren't a sufficiently significant location for a war memorial. They requested that the Capitol Reflecting Pool, or the Freedom Plaza, be considered instead, and also added a new option to the list, 
a traffic circle called Columbia Island on the Lincoln Memorial Arlington Cemetery axis. Eventually, the American Battle Monuments Commission also suggested a rainbow pool site as a possible alternative. The Commission of Fine Arts loved the idea of the rainbow pool and approved it several months later, with the stipulation that they would be consulting on every aspect of the design. They also set conditions such as preserving the elm trees bordering the pool. President Clinton dedicated the site in late 1995. In April 1996, a design contest was announced to design the memorial. 404 entries were received. Six were selected to be finalists. The design jury consisted of architects, landscape architects, critics, and World War II veterans. The Leo A. Daly team was selected, with Friedrich St. Florian as the design architect. They spent the next few years working on and later revising the design concept. The final architectural design was approved in the year 2000. 15,000 people attended a groundbreaking ceremony at the site, and the construction began on September 4, 2001. On April 29, 2004, the memorial opened to the public one month before the dedication ceremony that took place today in 2004. Now let's talk about music. Today, in 2020, Lady Gaga released her sixth studio album, Chromatica. She envisioned it as a concept album drawing back to her art pop roots. She collaborated with artists like Ariana Grande and Elton John. It marked her return to house music after recording the soundtrack for A Star is Born and her more acoustic-influenced Joanne. It eventually won Gaga her second Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance Grammy and included fan-favorite songs like Rain On Me, Stupid Love, and Babylon. And now for our final segment of today's show, I'm going back into my own photo archives to see if I did anything exciting on May 29th in my life. I think I've talked about this before, but I have a screenshot here from May 29th, 2018, um, again, of my top cities on Spotify at the time, um, with what numbers in which cities the most people listen to me. And I find it really fascinating to see I was really popular. I was more popular, at least, in places um, like Mexico and Brazil for some reason. They like I think those were my two biggest um, countries that consumed my music at a certain point. And so my number one city on in 2018, and this day, like Jesus, how many years ago is that now? Three years ago, I had 8,700 people listening to me in Mexico City. And 4,900 people listening to me in Santiago, Chile, which was is so fascinating to me because I didn't really have like an American audience for a very long time, um, which is very interesting. I'm so curious how anybody in Mexico or Chile knew who I was at that point. Um, but yeah, I think that they might still be on my statistics. Let me go take a look-see and see if they're still on there. So my number one city now is Los Angeles, and I have 76,400 people that listen to me there, which is crazy. Mexico City is still top 10 at number eight with 55,000. And three years ago, I had 8,000, and now there's 55,000 people. And Santiago is still there, number 17, at 34,000. So shout out to everyone in Chile. I appreciate you all. Thanks for sticking with me. <laughs> That's so strange. I'll never get over the fact that this is my job. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New fa-
snacks every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's three